The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm with, as always, Sterling Holmes. We are very excited for our guest today, Charles Goldman, Pete's Wire. By the way, Charles, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you guys so much uh, for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course. You uh, you seem like you're in good spirits. I'm I'm several bottles deep in Merlot and watching Lynn Elliott clips on repeat after Melvin Ingram left me at the altar. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, like, what do we? Is anyone else heartbroken? Like, I don't even know who I'm going to date this summer. Dude, if you're heartbroken, dude, Melvin Ingram's a solid three. Dude, you're out here heartbroken over someone who cheated on you. That's basically what it is right now. Melvin Ingram is a guy, dude. If you're heartbroken over Melvin Ingram, you have underlying baggage and issues, my guy. Well, that was true as well. So I'm hoping having Charles around is going to cheer us up just a little bit. Yeah, it's Tuesday night. We're back. Let me just say this. Welcome to the podcast, uh, any of you, as always. Uh, we're just so glad, uh, you know, if you're hanging out with us in the video, uh, if you're listening at all, we, we're so appreciative of anyone who hangs out here. Really, we, we say this pretty often. Chiefs Kingdom is pretty blessed. That's my church background, by the way, speaking in there. We're all blessed with with so much great coverage of the team. And really, Charles is on today is like a good example of that. Let me just say this. If you don't know Charles Goldman, follow him um, on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. Uh, check out, bookmark his site, Chiefs Wire. Um, they are all over news when it happens. Always a, a great follow on Twitter. Just a good way of looking at. It's just a great way to round out your Chiefs coverage. That's just the best way to say it. And so, yeah, we're glad to have him here. And if you need to replace someone, I would take Sterling Holmes off your follow list and put Charles in there. I mean, if you need a great room. No, no, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, what, how, Matt, yeah. What, what's, what's on? What's going on between <laughs> us right now, man? The, sorry you're heartbroken over Melvin Ingram, okay? But don't take your anger out on me. I'm, I'm always place. there for you. I am always there for you. Like Bon Jovi, these five words you, you swear to me. Is that is that the is that the JBJ <laughs> sincerely JB Jovi? Uh, um, 
Yeah, well, you're being extreme, okay? More than words. More than words. I am being extreme. Uh, We're here today. We're glad to have Charles on board. It is the Chiefs news of the moment, so let's just go there. I'm already there in my sadness. Melvin Ingram signs with the Miami Dolphins. Brett Veach seemed to know what's happening there, maybe by applying the UFA tender that we all knew about for so long. I mean, clearly the overused UFA tender that we always knew <laughs> about throughout the NFL. Charles, you're our guest. I'd love to give you first shot with the bat in your hand at this tee and ask you, when you heard Melvin was gone to take his talents to to South Beach, what like like what were your emotions there? Were you even worried? What'd you make of that whole thing? Not at all. I, I wasn't even surprised. I kind of figured as soon as the UFA tag went on that he was gone. But really, I mean, even going back, you, you listen to what Brett Veach has said this offseason, and you kind of had an idea that this was coming, right? Like, I mean, they're they're making an emphasis on getting younger all over the field. They're infusing the roster with that with that youth. I mean, you look at the roster right now, I think there's I think four. I think there's four guys right now who are over 30 years old. And one of those guys is our long snapper. So, I mean, does he even count? But it's, Chad Henney would be the other. Yeah, right? Henny, Kelsey, and uh, Josh Gordon. Joe Tooney? It, uh, no, Josh Gordon's 31. And is. I think, yeah, everyone else is 30 or under. So, I, I mean, they're, they're you know, they moved on from a ton of veteran guys, guys that knew the system, guys that, you know, probably weren't going to break the bank, but, like, they haven't brought them back yet. There's, like, this new philosophy shift of sorts. And, I mean, when you look at Melvin Ingram, sure, he came in halfway through last season and lit a fire underneath the defense's butt. But, he, I mean, he doesn't really fit in that new philosophy, that getting younger, that getting cheaper. And, and as many questions as there are about the the defensive end group, I mean, it. I don't think anything about it is is said and done, right? I mean, they still have a lot to learn about the guys they have, and um, I think that's a little bit exciting, you know. Do you, uh, Sterling? What like what do you think of this? You, you didn't seem to care either. Are you with Charles and yeah. in, in, in in that reaction to you? And- yeah, and, and well, Matt, you know, I've been saying the, basically the same things. The Chiefs have had a game plan all offseason trying to get younger, more athletic, uh, cheaper, cost controlled. Ingram didn't fit into that. And, and like you said, with the tender, this was probably coming. You can't be heartbroken. Is Ingram a nice, versatile piece? Is he a rotational guy? Sure, yeah. I, I, in a vacuum, I'd prefer him to be here. But him not being here should not wreck the Chiefs' season, right? He's a guy. The Chiefs can go and get Carlos Dunlap. They can go and try and check out, again, more of an interior guy, but Calais Campbell, they're all in the same tier. They're all veteran guys, all older, not going to be extremely expensive. Does this scream that the Chiefs have major faith in Joshua Cando or in Herring or in Michael Dana to take the next step? I don't know. Probably not. But also the offseason isn't over. There's going to be other veteran veteran cuts, right? They're going to be in the same boat as Melvin Ingram. Ingram is not this Joey Bosa, right? He's not J- prime J.J. Watt. He's a guy. There'll be other guys out there, and the Chiefs got a pick out of it. I, I, I like the pick out of it. I, I, I think I'm a little bit more bull. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On Ingram as more than just a guy. Like, I like him more than a Dunlap. I like him more than a JPP. I like him more than... Um, I don't know why we seem so averse to like not re-signing Justin Houston if if he'd have you know anything productive. I mean I don't know what that that fit would really be there you know but Agreed. but whatever you know I, but I like him more and I, I don't think he's that, I mean he's not that pricey is he I mean like the Chiefs have the cap room what, what what's one year five million I, well maybe I, he wanted also go to Miami you got to realize he's thirty three he's had a long NFL career very productive totally. if totally. you want to live in, in the sunny again you're getting hit in December and. Kansas City or your home games are in Miami, you're taking Miami, right? I know you're it's eight and eight or nine and eight, however you want to break it down. But those extra four or five games in Miami when it's cold compared to Kansas City, I'm sure at age 33 does not hurt. Well, you also have to think about his role too with these two different teams, right? I mean, Kansas City, they just drafted George Karloftis in the first round. He's going to get a ton of playing time, a ton of snaps. Frank Clark is is they're paying him a lot of money still. He's going to be playing. So a rotational role in Kansas City, rotational role potentially. I mean, I think I think he has a better shot of beating out Jalen Phillips in Miami with mm-hmm. a new regime coming in there than he has uh, of beating George Karloftis and Frank Clark out for snaps in, in Kansas City. So, I mean, that's one thing that I think has been kind of overlooked in this whole thing is like he could have a, a starting role potentially in, in Miami versus rotational role, you know, here pr- pretty guaranteed in Kansas City. And, you know, I mean, obviously the Miami thing, who doesn't want to be in Miami? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really quickly, I see someone's like, who's rushing the passer? There's no production. Dude, I'm with you, but my point is Melvin Ingram is not that guy. Melvin Ingram is just a guy. He's going to be the exact same talent-wise as the dudes that are going to get cut after training camp for, for a plethora of reasons. That's my point. Yeah, the Chiefs' edge situation is horrendous. I'm with you, man. I'm not disagreeing. I just don't think Melvin Ingram is that dude. He's not Bosa. He's a 33-year-old rotational piece. How many games was he a factor in last year? How many games? I get it. He came here about halfway through from the Steelers, right? But how 17. many games? 17, no. Sterling. But my point is, how many games? Because he had a really big play that Nick Bolton took it to the house that saved the game, I feel like a lot of Chiefs fans have this, this mentality of he must have been good his entire time here. He was fine. He was fine. But – the fact is the rest of the edge situation was such a disaster. You couldn't really tell. It looked good compared to Frank Bubbleguts Clark, right? George K is here. That should be a, a huge boon. You talked about it. He's going to be starting for sure. And if it would have been a Frank Clark split with Melvin Ingram, that was something I could get behind. But I'm sure Melvin Ingram was probably on the fence of, I probably want more playing time. That was the reason he wanted to go away from the Steelers, remember? That was the biggest reason was he's not getting any playing time. 
Yeah, I I mean again, I'm going to be bullish on it. I I I, I get what it, I get what you guys are saying. I can still agree. I hope so. I I mean I hope I mean, Charles, what you were saying, you know, look, if it's Kendo, if it's Herring, if, it, you know, Austin Edwards, you know, I mean, if, if if some one of these young guys comes through with a decent rotational offering, then you're good. Dan is already a good rotational guy. If, if, if one of the other guys steps up, you're good to go. I heard some really good things about Herring coming out of rookie minicamp. I know it's, it's shorts, like guys are wearing shorts. He's going probably against undrafted free agents. I mean, he did probably have some snaps against, you know, fifth round pick that they like a lot, but I, I just heard he looked really good. And yeah, I mean, you got to remember with like that guy, like he's someone who kept some of these kids at this talented Georgia defense off the field. I mean, he had Jermaine Johnson transferring to a different school because he was playing <laughs> outplaying him. And that guy was the number 26 pick in this draft. So I, I think there's something there with Herring. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, they, you know, they've they spent some time developing Austin Edwards, you know, uh, Kendo, obviously a, a unknown quantity right now. I think one thing you could see, I, look at the, the, you know, stuff that Leo Chanel showed rushing the passer uh, at Wisconsin. I mean, I remember yeah. there's a linebacker, uh, Matthias uh, Kiwanuka, who played for Spags in New York. And they used to have him, you know, they'd put him on third down. They'd line him up at the edge rusher position, just send him after the quarterback and he'd get there. And it was all, you know, relentlessness meets skill, a little bit of skill. (laughs) But um, I mean, Chanel, he's got that same type of uh, body type, same type of mentality. I think, I mean, I think you could maybe see that happen uh, at, at some point if the pass rush is, as bad as we think, but I mean, they, they can still make additions, right? We have, you know, June 1st cuts coming up. And, and I mean, I think, I think Brett Veach kind of alluded that right now they're in a financial situation where they can make a small addition if it makes sense. But after Orlando Brown Jr. signs a contract extension, potentially bigger addition that they did not foresee because maybe a player gets released. Maybe a player is available, isn't happy with this position available via trade. So they're not done yet. And I, I think that, you know, we got to wait and see all of it come together before we can really judge uh, what, what they've done at the edge position. Before I let Maddie C get his talking points in, because I want to hear what you have to say about this. I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Casey Beerco. I'm drinking the Colts right now. It's incredible. I love being the guy on the Airhead Attic podcast that lives in Casey. I get a, a lot of free beer and it's just fantastic. I also went there twice, not once, but twice this past weekend. The beer garden was fantastic. They had music, watched soccer one day, watched some baseball one day. Me and my girlfriend went one day. Me, her, and her parents went one day. They have extremely good bratwursts as well. The jalapeno cheese bratwurst, fantastic. Uh, The mustard is incredible. So I didn't go for the food, but after a few beers, you're like, okay, maybe I should probably slow my roll just a little bit. The carolator is incredible, but it's also like 7.5%. It get a little toasty. So had some pretzels, potato salad, vinegar-based, cold, incredible. Uh, And then again, those bratwursts. Check it out. Uh, but Casey Beer Co., they're known for the beer. Food's great. Check them out. Anytime you guys take pictures with us, let us know. We always appreciate that. Uh, but Matt, what are your thoughts now? I've been hogging the spotlight. I feel bad. I, I've been talking too much about my, I'm okay with him going. How do you feel? Dude, all I'm thinking about is vinegar-based uh, potato salad now, whatever you got <laughs> going on. A little, a little hungry. No, you know, I mean, I... Edge is what's going to have us all concerned, all talking, all 
uh, you know, because everywhere else is at least somewhat settled. I've said this before. I, what I love is, I mean, especially now that we have another compensatory pick, if we're still getting one for Jaron Reed, too, it's like 12 picks. Is that right? I mean, something like that next year's draft. With the cap space in the wake of any deal with Orlando Brown Jr., you're like, is there any team that's going to be better positioned to make a a trade at the NFL trade deadline in November um, to make a big splash addition. So, I mean, I've, you know, I've said this before. I, I just think it doesn't totally bother me to roll with the kids to see what you really need, knowing that the chiefs have all the the pieces to go get, to go make the majors. You know, if the bears are losing, go get Robert Quinn for one third of the price. He's going to cost you. Oh, hell yeah. Now or some, you know, like if, if the Jags are tanking, you know, go, you know, go see what it's going to take to grab, you know, pass rusher there. I mean, there, there Josh are, Allen, other, please. Would, would Montez sweat make sense if Washington's tanking, you know, in, in, um, in the NFC East. So, you know, anyway, th- those are things to consider at the same time, you know, we may want to, prepare ourselves for sort of having our face in our hands when it comes to the pass rush at first. And we're watching like Josh Kando, like get completely, you know, just by, you know, some stunts or blockers or something. So anyway, that's all I'm saying, but I guess I'll stop drinking now in my sorrow of, 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 that's, (laughs) I, I guess that's that. Dude, Robert Quinn would be incredible. Josh Allen from Jacksonville would be incredible. And, and again, I understand the need at edge. I just want to make this clear. I've said the second most important position is edge because what's the most important thing in football in this point in in where we're at in the revolution and evolution of the NFL? It's quarterback, right? What's the best way to affect the quarterback? Getting pressure on him. That's going to be your edge. You can say Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, but a pass rusher in general is the second most important position, in my opinion, in the NFL. So the Chiefs do have a, a big need. There is a hole. I just don't think Melvin Ingram solves that. I don't think just trading for a, or at least bringing in a, a veteran guy just to bring in a veteran makes a lot of sense. I'm with you when it comes to the trade department. A bigger name guy, a Robert Quinn, a Montez Sweat, that to me is a difference maker. That's what the Chiefs need to do. Not bring in these, you know, one year guy who can occasionally be a rotational piece, big name guy, or let let's roll with the young guys. The, the Chiefs just have a lot of issues still at edge. Melvin Ingram was not going to solve that. By the way, the edge is also the most important position in an Irish rock band. First would be Bono, and then second would be anyway. Ah, uh, that's a bad joke. Uh, hey, before we switch subjects, Charles, if there was a dream addition. Well, I was going to say a realistic dream addition, but that's an oxymoron. But let's say within the realm of the potential trade deadline sort of scenario, is there an edge rusher, pass rusher that you think that's the guy I would love the most to see Veach go and get? Yeah, I think you kind of mentioned it, uh, that, that last one there, Sweat, uh, the the kid Montez Sweat from uh, Washington. He... Uh, it, when you look at their roster and the composition of it, I wonder, I mean, he's in a contract year. I wonder if they can pay him next year too. So they might be more amicable at the trade deadline if things aren't going the right way. I mean, they're, they're going to have to pay Chase Young. They have a bunch of different needs. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have to pay their wide receiver, Terry McCollum. So um, I I think that, that probably he's someone that I would look into. And I think he fits, you know, what Spags is looking for at the position. Definitely. I mean, last year, I think he had five sacks or something like that. He, it was kind of a down year for him. I think he had nine his uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I think that'd be the guy 
who who I might call up about and who I think might it has a realistic shot of being available come the deadline. By the way, I also I noticed I also noticed the Houston Texans. They just like I had a list of veteran guys that I thought, you know, maybe Veach will make a reach for him. And then as like the Texans signed like Mario Addison from the Bills. Then they signed Jerry Hughes from the Bills. Then they signed Rasheem Green from the Seahawks. And then uh, they got the guy from the Rams, the Agbo. I can't say his last name. Aquinara, Aquinara. I should have brought it up. Come on, you got this. Guy you got it. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Wonka, right? There That's it something. is. There it is. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, they brought in. They like signed like four of the edge guys that I had on my list as. Oh, maybe they'll be available. And and then I'm looking at Houston like. All those guys can't make the team. I mean, they can't. They already had like Greenard and some others on the roster. It'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I don't want to say we want Houston's leftovers, but there's something there. They're just attacking it with like all the vets and making them compete. And I just wonder if someone there is going to wiggle free. Uh, just something to watch. Anyway, yeah. It is Davis Mills season, just so you know. It is. Davis it is. Mills is going to lead them to the playoffs. They're going to keep them all. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll throw out one name that's out there right now that, that I thought was uh, was kind of a little bit interesting, just a little bit interesting, but Ryan Kerrigan, specifically because mm-hmm. he played at Purdue, yeah. and uh, he's someone that is a mentor of uh, George Karloftis. So I just wonder if, like, do you bring a guy like that in who's had, like, a you know decade-plus run in the NFL, who's a good, solid vet who could be a rotational piece? Do you bring him in so that – guy like George can see his habits in the NFL and learn from him, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, in a firsthand way, not just like meeting up with him at like a spring game. And, um, and why not, even if it's just for like camp, even if you just bring him in for training camp and then you're like, Hey, see you, you know, buy it like 53 man cuts. I think like something like that could be valuable. Boy, I love that idea. I mean, uh, seeing a guy who had such success with speed to power at the NFL level, that would probably do Carl Loftus good. Like, like you said, in that mentoring role. I mean, plus, if there's anything left in the tank, you serve as that veteran rotational end, and if not, then then no big deal. I don't, I don't know. Well, so let me ask you this: We're up against, you know, we got like this is a weird time of year, right? This is the time of year where you hope your team doesn't make news, right? You're hoping that you don't have so many Uzis in the house that you got to keep a couple in the car, right? You're hoping that Fred Smoot doesn't invite one of your players onto his boat. You're hoping that, I don't know, that people make good decisions. And you also hope they're not training in reckless ways. And suddenly you hear about an injury in June that just drives you bananas because you're like, how do you get injured in June? You know, like, like that kind of thing. We also hope Patrick Mahomes doesn't wrench his back swinging a golf club going against Josh Allen um, in some made for TV event. So all that said, generally, however, we can wish against it. But something usually happens this month, June, July. I just want to ask you guys, do you think this year the Chiefs skate through this time of year without any incident? Or do you think we're going to hear about some legal injury or weird scenario? I don't know. Charles, what do you think? Yeah, I don't don't think so. I mean, we could come up with so many just, you know crazy potential Andy Reid burns off his mustache in a cheeseburger accident. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I, I don't think we're going to see anything too wild from these guys. They, they got their heads on straight. I mean, you, you look at maybe some of the young players, they could still, you know, maybe they haven't gotten the talk yet. 
or, or uh, haven't seen it um, and, and get somebody gets in trouble. But I, I, I think um, the, the team looks into these guys deep enough and they know the quality of their character. And, and, and these guys know the expectations from the moment they get in the door because I mean, just everybody demands it. They demand the excellence. They demand uh, that playoff caliber type of mentality. So, and, and really, I mean, what like this last week is really their last like big chunk of time off, you know, until we get to the the end of mandatory minicamp, um, and, and then they have that period between mandatory minicamp and uh, and training camp, which is the one you got to watch out for. That's like four weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Like end of June. What do you think, Sterling? I, I mean, I, I'm hoping we lace up and go skating, but at the same time, I agree with what you're saying. In principle, it sounds good when you have Super Bowl aspirations and obvious playoff team. You would assume everyone has their head on straight. They have that one goal in mind, but I have two words, one name for you. Frank Clark, right? <laughs> I mean, he was supposed to be a major piece, and what happened? What he do? He knows what's going on. Rocking Uzis in his in his car. I mean, like uh, allegedly, he says it belongs uh, to uh, allegedly, <laughs> he allegedly says, rocking says Uzis to a security in his team. Car. I mean, he's driving around in, in, in Compton. I mean, he's uh, he's he's you know. Gotta, I'm gotta, just saying it, it's easy to say <laughs> as a fan, as media member, somebody. It, it's very easy to say. Well, they have a goal in mind. They have one. I. A lot of teams have one goal in mind. Even the Texans say what you will about them, right? They're zero and zero. They're they're tied for first place in the division, right? I no no one goes in going we're going to go zero and seventeen or we're going to have zero shot. <laughs> we might think that, but if you are a player, there's no way you can have that mindset and last in the NFL. So I would love to say let's let's lace them up, let's go skating. It's going to be smooth sailing. End of the day, we have no idea. We have no idea. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to predict. I'm just always I, – I, I always think that this time of year. I'm always crossing my fingers going, all right, now that everyone's going home, doing whatever they're doing, uh, now they've got their contracts, you know, flush with cash. Um, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. I absolutely despise having to cover that stuff because it's just not – you know, I mean, we're in it for oh, the yeah. football, right? You know, right, so, right, you know, when right. something like that happens, it's just uh, – it's a real drag. Yeah. Charles, we're going to do a series of questions for you, our guests, and we'll bounce some stuff back and forth. But first, just want to just want to say real quick, um, we do have um, memberships here, Arrowhead Addict. I uh, just want to bring it up because we have a great Discord channel where a lot of us like interact with each other. Um, Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, myself, Sterling, all kinds of Chiefs fans. It's not just about Chiefs. It's all things Chiefs, of course. Uh, but it's also fun just to hang out, talk about our favorite beer. Sterling, you're like talking about your favorite books, uh, recipes. Is this where the cereal ranking came up? <laughs> yeah, we got cereal rankings, right? We we need a vinegar-based potato salad recipe in there. I don't know. You got a bison uh, chili recipe for me. Well, there it is. There it yeah, is. That's I, I just want to say, if you're interested... In, uh, in memberships, uh, the information is in the description of however you're watching or listening to this. Um, and there's all kinds of other benefits, including like members only hangouts. We're coming up with some uh, some great ideas on like potential even like meetups, get togethers, giveaways, that kind of thing. Um, so again, the info is there for you. We're here with Charles Goldman from Chiefs Wire. We haven't been able to talk to you all off season. So I want to kind of pan the camera back here, Charles, and, and get your take on this. And then Sterling, you can critique anything he says as you wish. Um, but yeah, what I'd love to know, what like your favorite move so far this off season? Do you have one that stands out among the others that Veach has made? 
one standout move for Veach. Uh, I mean, I can tell you my favorite move so far, which is probably drafting Sky Moore in the second round. Like, I think okay. that was, I think that was a steal. Um, I, I liked him as early as the bottom of the first round, and uh, he's one of my favorite receivers in the draft. Um, just his his footwork and route running, his releases off the line of scrimmage. I, I think there would be a lot more hype for him right now had he been healthy for rookie minicamp because like all the stuff that he does really well like that translates super well to when you're you know running against another guy wearing shorts but um i i just think yeah he he's someone who can get open uh, and that's like such a valuable thing in the nfl just create space a number of different ways with his releases with his route running head fakes uh I, I think he's just going to be super good in Andy Reid's offense. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it, the wide receiver in Andy Reid's offense, everyone's like, oh, well, it's going to take him like a year to get up to speed. I, I, I don't know what his um, ceiling, so to speak, is this year, knowing that Andy Reid's offense is kind of tough to learn. I, I think he's going to have a good career. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch in this offense and pairing him with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's that's just exciting for me. Hmm like to both of you like what are your expectations for him this year we talked about the learning curve i remember a lot was made of like jeremy macklin when he was here and like he was he would talk about like how long it took him to really like you know master the nuances of the of of reed's playbook and and being so good at it studied in it like like sterling we'll start with you like what do you like what's your expectations of maybe statistical expectations of sky Moore this year or usage of sky Moore? i think he'll be fine year one i like sky Moore. i like to pick a lot i'm with you i think he's someone who the Chiefs should be thrilled about. He's a great route uh, route runner, should be able to get open, even though he's not necessarily the most explosive player, uh, obviously not the biggest player, has very good hands. Uh, I Again, pro football focus, not the end-all, be-all, but if they like you, typically I think that's a good jumping-off point. I like to pick a lot. When it comes to what he's going to do his rookie season, I would say tamper expectations just a little bit, although there are a lot of new faces. So you should say, well, this should be the same for everyone. A lot of the guys are veterans, right? MVS was been what? This is his fifth year right now. Would it be his fifth year? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been around a while now, and he knows what it takes. He's been a number one. He's been a number two. He's been hurt. But he's he's had the full range of the NFL experience. I think Juju's going to be a veteran when it, when it comes to understanding this offense. Obviously, Miko Hardman's still here. Say what you will about him, but they found a way to get him involved late in the season that they have not been able to early on in his career. I like Sky Moore a lot, and I think he will be a very valuable piece in the future. But this upcoming season, if there's an over-under of 600 yards, I'd probably still take the under, right? I, I mean, I like him. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. Interesting. Charles, would you take the over or under there? I might take the over. I have him like in like the 650 type of range, you know, four or five touchdowns. I don't think he's going to have like a crazy season. I don't think we're going to see like a thousand yard season from him. I think if anything, he could really maybe potentially have a big role on special teams because they're still looking for that kick returner. Uh, I know he hasn't really done a lot of that in his college career. Uh, and I think, I think Veach spoke on it a little bit after the draft where they were like, maybe not punt returner, but like kick returner possibility for him. So it, if he can carve out a role there, I think, you know, that could be exciting. But um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously there's always the possibility, you know, someone gets hurt, somebody pulls a hamstring. I mean, it, it's happened, happened 
happened on our Super Bowl run. You know, <laughs> Sammy was out for a while. Uh, Tyreek yeah. was out for a while. So, I mean, if he has to fill in for a couple weeks and can give, you know, you know, a couple, you know, 180 yard games with a couple touchdowns here and there, like he'll be super valuable for this team. Uh, other than Tyreek Hill trade, I mean, because that would have to be like obviously the most surprising. That's the uh, one. Though, yeah. I think <laughs> of anyone. Other than that, would, like, is there another move that's been the most surprising aspect of the Chiefs offseason for you? Uh, I, other than that, not really. I think that was probably the most the most surprising because it's like trading Tyree Kill during during Patrick Mahomes' prime. Like what? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it came completely out of left field. I mean, I, I heard whispers a few days prior, and I was like, I don't believe this. Like, I I, I thought it was fake. Like, literally, it didn't go anywhere with it because i thought it was fake and uh <laughs> turns out uh it absolutely was not and and they decided to trade him away but then you know you do a little introspection and you're like well you know kind of makes a little bit of sense right because you know you look at the drops last year and fans are going to point to those but i also look at the way teams that defended the chiefs last year i mean they took tyree kill away and then when they went to adjust find other options whether that was the running game or you know try to find other receivers they they couldn't really adjust they didn't you know offense was still struggling so i think you you look at that and you think well if the way we want to use our offense isn't working let's let's do something else let's do something different so you know they go out and they trade Tyreek and then they load up on all these other different receivers that have different skill sets but ones that they lacked you know um uh, Juju Smith Schuster, for instance, I mean, they didn't have a really good middle of the field option other than Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, they go out, they get MVS, who outside of Tyreek Hill, probably like the most productive deep threat in the NFL. Like, like there are a lot of stats that show that he he's a guy who can uh, come in and at least do some of the stuff, some of the field stretching, open some of that that middle of the field stuff up that they didn't have last last year and then you know you go you get some of these guys sky Moore, justin ross and undrafted free agency you still got you know guys like josh gordon Corey coleman um who could potentially you know surprise some folks and you know be contributors in this offense so i mean i i think i think that one i mean i don't think i don't think there were anything any things that were more surprising than that move um but when you look at it look at this, all the stuff underneath it makes a little bit more sense yeah. What about you, Sterling? Anything surprising for you, like other than that? Uh, I, I would say potentially two things. Originally, I would say the Justin Reed signing. I think that was surprising at the time until we saw the bigger game plan of they're trying to get younger, cheaper. Cheaper, not really, because Tyron Matthew was the same, but younger, more athletic, right? At the time, it didn't make a lot of sense. At the time, looking back, when you see the contract are the same, but now we understand the bigger picture of what Brett Beach is trying to do, not just build for one year, but build for, you know, three, four, five, try and do what the Patriots did, I believe, at least to an extent, where you have windows of like three to five-year chunks, and that's how you break it down, right? So the Tyron Matthew window was that three years. We'll see what Justin Reed is, and then going on from there. I guess you could also say the lack of investment at edge, not Melvin Ingram, but I'm talking a big name guy, like a, like a Chandler Jones, right? I'm talking about a bigger name guy who was on the free agent market that the Chiefs either swung and missed out on or didn't swing at all. I don't know if they were trying to walk and hopefully someone fell in their arms, but it did not happen. That would be my biggest surprise was the lack of a major investment. George Koloftis, Koloftis is huge, right? That's a big investment, first round draft pick. But as far as an ap- actual big veteran who has done it, who's in there, quote-unquote prime, that's kind of a surprise. 
Let me let me challenge that one just a little bit, though. I mean, do you think that maybe Brett Veach saw what happened with handing out a big contract to Frank Clark and got cold yes. feet? It's it like yes. maybe he was in on Chandler Jones or, or Von Miller. And then he was like, wow, like this, this money, what if it doesn't work out? What if I end up with another Frank Clark situation? Sure. And I just, just mm. hamstrung our team for, you know, the next, the next window. Sure. So, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not disagreeing because the overarching picture is younger, athletic, cheaper, cost controlled. But if you have that mindset, then you never end up bringing in Tyron Matthew for three years, 42. If right. you have the mindset of this failed, so we can never do it again. You can't be scared. You, you, you can't be scared. But I, I do agree that obviously had to have played at least some some little factor in his mind when you have the latest of the big edge, you know, additions in Frank Clark and you're sitting here going, well, that sucked. That that blew up in my face. Yeah, Super Bowl was great. But when you look at the contract as a whole, you're, you're not thrilled. I, I, I almost think all of this is the most surprising. Like the Chiefs had... The Chiefs had this core, and I'm including some of the like I'm including Tyron in that. I'm including like like you had this. The window was wide open, and it's I guess the window's always open with Mahomes. But you had this group that had just either been there and gone all the way, or gotten so close, or needed like a nuclear meltdown in the whole second half to like not go back for a third Super Bowl. And it's harder than this to repeat. They'd at least proven that they were the most like predictable to at least repeat as like is yeah. I'm just picturing Joe Burrow going like one and done in the playoffs next year kind of thing. Like, like we're, like we're just seeing such parody. And within that, the chiefs had at least some stability of extreme success. And I guess that's just really, it was very surprising for me to see them peel away some of the key pieces. I just thought you ride that horse until you've proven you can't. Mm. No, Royals fans, come on. We, we, we've we <laughs> seen in Kansas City, you do oh, not no. do that. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse because other teams are. We've I seen mean, it with that's the what, Royals. 2017, 2016. <laughs> I mean, I know that's what Belichick does and all that stuff too, but I, I think that was a surprise for me to see like, Tyreek's gone at age 28 and Tyron says he wants to be here. And I mean, surely at least like an expensive one-year deal. Like, like I, I guess I just thought everyone, like, I guess I just thought at least one more year and, uh, and, and then clearly not. And then, and then a couple pieces are now peeled away. So uh, that, that much was surprising to me. It, Charles, let me ask you this. Uh, the AFC West loaded like never before. I mean, like, Russ Wilson. I mean, the Broncos, the one thing the Broncos have really needed is a quarterback, and now they have it. And, you know, the Raiders paying big money, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. Um, the Chargers added several impressive pieces to a team that was already ready to contend. Are you worried about the AFC West this year after six consecutive titles? I am not worried about the AFC West in the slightest, and I will tell you why. <laughs> I'm over here, like, laughing and smiling. But uh, Andy Reid. Like Andy, Andy freaking Reed. Okay. Like it doesn't really matter that the chiefs have the best quarterback on the planet because they've got Andy Reed and he has literally over 10 times the wins of any other coach in the AFC West right now, literally over (laughs) 10 times the wins in in his career. And like, I, I mean, so sure the Broncos and the chargers, they look great on paper, but like, can their coaches take what's great on paper and make it happen on the football field? They haven't been able to, for since 2013 when he arrived so i mean i i don't know i um and i'd maybe give the edge to like la if there's one team that i think has a chance to like do it because their coach has at least been in it for a year and maybe he learns i hope he learns because i mean he he made some like crucial errors last season but like at the same time i mean 
he he had an opportunity to make it in the playoffs, win or go home playoff game and he, against the Raiders, and he lost. So I, I don't know. I um I, I'm not I'm not afraid of the AFC West. I think like there are going to be some great games. There are going to be some close games. They'll probably lose a game or two against AFC West opponents. But I, I think with two new head coaches in the AFC West, you're more than likely going to see the Chiefs with a winning record against AFC West teams. Seven straight, Sterling. I, I think the Chiefs get there, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as Charles is saying. I yeah, I'm worried. Are you serious? The Raiders have done a lot to improve. The Chargers are a very dangerous team with a analytically minded head coach who yeah he he screwed up big time multiple times against Kansas City, but also that helped him win a game against Kansas City, right? I know we rip on him for his decision making in that second game. Well, guess what? Who was right in the first one? Yeah, he was. He did the exact same thing both times. He just, honestly, if the guy didn't get himself concussed on the touchdown pass, we might be having a different conversation right now, okay? Because he went for it, and that would have been a touchdown if dude didn't knock himself out. Also, Broncos had a very, very good defense. Very good defense. They also went from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is what he once was when he was in his prime. He's not. He's still a much, much improved quarterback over those two guys. Sure, Noah Fant's gone. Albert O is a fine tight end. Their offensive line is... Not good, but they still have some weapons there in Denver. I'm not saying the Chiefs are not going to win the AFC West, but acting like it's going to be a cakewalk, I think is just, it's asinine. I think you're lying to yourself. I I think the AFC West (laughs) is going to be one of the best, if not the best division in the NFL. The Chiefs have to find a way to navigate it with, by the way, going up against the best pass rushers in the NFL. Like I I, I said earlier, the second most important position outside of quarterback, it's edge, it's pass rushers. The AFC West is littered with them. Do you trust Orlando Brown Jr.? Do you trust Andrew Wiley, Kennard, or Lucas Niang? That's who you're hoping for. Again, I think they get it done, but I think it's going to be a lot more difficult than people think. That's an interesting juxtaposition. Charles, you have anything to say in response? You want to defend your... Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the Broncos, they're now without Vic Fangio, who was like a mastermind... Okay, congratulations on scoring 17 points. If you you score 17, you won. You're you're trying to tout the the Broncos' defense as this great, like, unbeatable force. I didn't say they're unbeatable. They're good. But but look, they're good under Vic Fangio. I don't even know who their defensive coordinator is now. I don't think he's been, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's a a top-tier guy like Fangio was. I think, you know, I don't know. Look, players. Players are great. They they play players well. Players play. I I think that the coaching uh, is going to matter a lot more than people are giving it credit for. And I'm just going to say, there's a lot of new parts on the Chiefs' defense. A lot of young guys. Spagnola has shown a a lack of ability. I would say of getting them gelled early on. It's been a struggle, pretty much year in and year out. As far as okay, it's like the first eight games. You're sitting here saying, "Come on, when's it? When's it going to come?" And then eventually it happens, right? Chiefs have a brutal schedule. Brutal. If you slip up early, watch out. I mean, again, I'm not saying the Chiefs lose in the AFC West. That's not what I'm saying. I, I just think we need to have a more tampered expectation here. It's not the same thing. It's not Derek Carr throwing to a bunch of nobodies. It's Devontae Adams. They also have very much, again, much improved defense, especially that defensive line. Same thing with the Broncos. Sure, say what you will about Vic Fangio. You might like him as a defensive coordinator. He's a great DC. Horrible offensive coordinator. Also, Teddy Bridgewater to, again, I just, that's a massive upgrade, man. And the Chargers, I get it. I've made jokes about they can change quarterbacks, change head coaches, change cities, and they'll find a way to choke. 
but they're still a really good team, man. There's just so much talent in the AFC West. I, I think I kind of thread the needle. Wait, thread the needle. Is that right? I think I would be between you guys. In other words, I, I like what Charles is saying about the new coaching. I, I think that I think there's something to be said there in the, in how much we project from on paper to on the field. And, and Andy Reid's the, the, the proven results there. I, lo- I love the Russ Wilson trade for the Broncos. Like I just, that was my, I mean, if, if I had to like pick a move of the off season of the, of all the off season that I think may be a favorite, that's like certainly up there in a top two or three. Cause I just think that's such a, uh, yeah, split the difference. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I think the Broncos are going to be tougher, but, but I also think he's right about Fangio disappearing from that defense. When you lose Von Miller, um, I, I think they've lost some key components. I, I could care less about Randy Gregory signing with them for, for 30 million. I just don't care. I think they're working with less on the defensive side. And I think Rush makes up for that on the offensive side. And I think it's going to be really interesting. Now they're more balanced. How, how will they play? Let me ask you a question about that with Russ real quick. Do you guys think, do you guys think that he tips the scales for the Broncos in a Mahomes like way, or would you put him more in like the Alex Smith, category more than alex smith you think he's more than alex smith to sure to i think i think between those two is a good yeah yeah for the first 10 games of a season at least sure he'll, he'll find a way to choke late he's a uh, first 10 games of of the season he's like always an mvp candidate and then all of a sudden it, it just tanks right yeah that's that's the russell wilson experience that's what you get but he's better and more talented than alex smith was there's no doubt about it. I think there was some fatigue of him playing in Seattle. I think at some point he was probably sitting there going, I I, I want to get traded. I'm, I'm done. He got hurt. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are better overall than the receivers will have in Denver. Offensive line is not a huge upgrade from what was what the worst pass blocking offensive line in the NFL. But end of the day, he's still a massive upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. That's just a night and day situation. Yeah, I mean – I guess I would just say you either have it or you don't at quarterback, and I think the Broncos now have it. And I, you know, I don't think they have a, um, you know, I don't think they have Mahomes. Uh, you know, of course, I don't think any team has Mahomes. I don't, you know, I think the Bills are sitting. I think the Bills right now are sitting there looking out their window, going, "I wish we had Patrick Mahomes." So you know, like that's on a whole other level. But I think Russ can get it done, and we saw last year. You know, Matt Stafford got it done all the way. So if if that's the level of acquisition, that if the rest of your team is good, if your team's well coached, and that kind of an acquisition can take you all the way, I think Russ Wilson is that kind of acquisition. I'm not saying he's going to take them all that way, but I, I just I love that upgrade there, and just couldn't believe that more teams weren't trying to do the same thing after the after the Rams grabbed Stafford. Plus, I'll say this: listening to some of the press conferences, went to the combine, listened to um, Nathaniel Hackett, their new head coach. Um, along with their GM, who's been there for a year, I, I know it's only quotes, but they sound hella impressive. I mean, it it, it feels like a different kind of leadership there. <gasps> Did yeah, you just say hella? What hella is this? Two thousand seven? Are we on the Jersey Shore, dude? I'm I'm like um, hanging out with uh, with Snooki. That's hella tight, dude. I, mean, I have a problem whenever I see uh, Nathaniel Hackett, a, a picture of him, or see him on TV. I think he kind of looks like the the guy from Superstore. I don't know if you guys watch that TV show. But I haven't seen that. No, no. Uh, well, yeah, it, it just makes me laugh every time. So I have a hard time taking him seriously. Dude, I can't give you too much shit, Matt, because I know I said early 2000s with that term. I'm seeing simple plan and some 41 tomorrow. And it's the year 2022. I, 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 I have 
I mean, come on. Yeah, you're an old soul. I don't know why you're banging on me for using old terms. You're an old man in in, in new clothes and new golfing clothes. Charles, I just want to do. Let's do a quick round here. Would you or would you have not made the Tyron or the Tyreek Hill trade? Uh, I I probably would have been too cowardly to make that trade. Okay. Would you or would you not have re-signed Tyron Matthew? Man, I I probably would have, but I might be saying something different after I see Justin Reed in action. Sure. Would you or would you not have brought back Ben Neiman on a multi-year deal? Ooh, uh, no. <laughs> no, not a multi-year deal. Maybe like a one-year deal, let him compete his way out on in training camp just to be nice. But uh, no, nah, man, I, I think I think linebackers turned into the strength of this team. This, uh, you look at this defense, I think that's the one unit where we're going to be probably cutting a good player this year. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? It feels like <laughs> it, it's like the, the transformation happened slowly, but when it did, it's like eye opening at the, at the talent layer. Yeah. Hey, let's, uh, let's close our, let's close our chat with this. And Charles, we appreciate you being on the show here. I'd love to know the final, now the schedule's out. Do you have a final record prediction for the chiefs? We'll go around the horn here. We'll start with Sterling. 17-game season next January. What are we looking at? We'll be looking at the what Chiefs. Did you ask me first? Sorry, I saw a question yeah. about real questions. How far does Sterling's bangs hang down past his eyebrows? Oh, show um, us that first. Uh, dude, I don't, I'm don't. i not messing my I got, I'm going to dinner after this, okay? I'm going to dinner. I, I, I can't mess up with the flow. The lettuce is tight right now. We're not messing with it, okay? You can't mess with the flow, but you have like a strap in the middle that goes like this. Yeah, I keep it. I, I get some uh, some glue, you know, gorilla glue, and run it through, and that's how it stays like this all the time. Love it, love now, it. Now, last you should have seen me during quarantine, dude. It was down to my shoulder, like like Nikki Lopez. Um, I'm gonna say the Chiefs go 11 and six. I think 11 and six. Um, okay. I think they tie with a team in the AFC West, but they'll have the tiebreaker. That's what I'm gonna roll with. I wow. just think their schedule is so freaking difficult. There's going to be a part of the schedule early on where you go, if the Chiefs go three and four, you're sitting here going, or three and four against these the stretch. You're like, all right, now now it's time to, to kick some ass against, against Jacksonville, Houston, and, and take care of business. All right, 11 and six, tied atop the AFC West, squeaking by with a tiebreaker. Charles, are you more optimistic than that? Yeah, I uh, my my first uh, game by game prediction. I always do it the day after. Was it was a Saturday after the schedule release or Friday. I don't remember. But um, anyhow, I, I went with fourteen three. I had them losing games to the Bills, the Forty Niners, and wow. the Denver Broncos uh, in prime time later in the season. And um, yeah, I, I feel like they'll end up winning the AFC West and. I, I, I don't know. There's some tough stretches. That's a one seed, dude. Fourteen and three is a one seed in the AFC. Oh yeah, I, I think it's possible. I think I think that they'll be uh, right up there with with Buffalo. And I think you know if, if they lose to Buffalo, they probably won't have the tiebreaker and probably looking at like a two seed. Sweeping the Chargers and winning back to back against both Super Bowl entrants from last year. Yeah. I I wish I shared your optimism. I mean, if we're yeah. watching that good of a Chiefs team, yeah. if they're if they're that young next year and that well. If I'm the rest of the NFL, I just take off my headset and just walk away now because that would just be <laughs> incredible. Andy Reid would deserve Coach of the Year next year if the Chiefs win 14 or 17 games. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling 12 and five. I, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit more hesitant. Although I think they win the AFC West outright. Uh, I'm not. I think they may lose two games in the West, but I'm not that worried about the division overall. I think the Raiders are pretenders, and I and um, yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Charles. Any like like surprise predictions you want to make? For the Chiefs this year, any I don't know. Was that not blow our minds that you want to highlight? 
Um, I, you know, I think there, there are going to be a, a couple surprises with the roster, maybe. Um, defensive back room, I think, is really competitive. And I, I think maybe there's going to be someone who sneaks in there no one's expecting. Um, if you look at, you know, the, the nickel situation, maybe there's a guy uh, that they like. You know, maybe it's DiCaprio Goodle. Maybe it's this Brandon Dandridge kid. I, I, I think that they're going to want that length uh, from Legere Sneed on the outside. And, and I don't think they're going to want to play him in the slot as frequently, uh, you know, maybe every now and again. But I, I think that that maybe there's there's something to that nickel spot this year. That somebody's going to end up there. Maybe it's Trent McDuffie at the end of the day. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to watch that that competition kind of take place because you got a lot of guys who can kind of play that spot and also kind of flex to a different position or outside. Even like the, the last guy they picked up, Adam Marshall, I mean, he can play the slot and, and he can play safety as well. So Yeah, well, I, I love it. Um, before we leave, Sterling, what are you reading lately? By the way, does anyone here have book recommendations? I'm reading old Chekhov short stories. So that sounds boring as hell, I'm sure, to everyone else. But I, I just read a really good one, Breathless by Amy. One second. I'm drawn. A, I, I got to pull up her last name because, you know, I feel bad. Uh, Breathless by Amy McCullough. Really good. Really good. I, I don't know if you like, you like sci fi, into sci fi. I like some well, sci fi, like well, uh, The Expanse, James Corey, you know. I mean, it's a great book. Is that uh, is that what the show's based on? on? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, okay. it's really, I, I enjoy the book quite a bit more than um, than than the show, but the show is fantastic as well. Right on, right on. Uh, well, yo, folks, if you if you don't already follow Charles Goldman at Goldman MCT NFL on Twitter, make sure and bookmark the Chiefs uh, Chiefs Wire. It's not the Chiefs Wire; it's just ChiefsWire.usatoday.com. Is that right? Correct. You can also do chiefswire.com. It'll redirect. Or just chiefswire.com. Charles, anything there you want to tell us about that's coming up that uh, that people should be watching for? Uh, I have a couple of articles from my interview with Mike Burton, which we did a couple of weeks ago, but then, you know, things got crazy with the draft. Uh, but I have a couple of articles left from that that are coming out either late this week, early next week, some, sometime in the next couple of weeks. We're putting the finishing touches on him and um but really really a humble and interesting guy i know that a lot of people are like uh fullback get him off the roster but this is a guy you want on your team and uh i think i think he, he he's gonna make the squad and i think you know you look at andy reed's history with the fullback that you know they're gonna they're gonna do some unique things with him here in the future awesome awesome well charles thanks so much for joining us man appreciate having you on thank you guys so much for having me uh, Sterling, you want to take us out of here? All right. This was the Aeronautic Podcast brought to you by Casey Beerco. Thank you to Charles Goldman. Thank you to Matt Connor. Uh, there'll be more Arrowhead Attic Podcast coming out later this week. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Uh, we're going to see some Verderam and Patrick Allen on Thursday. Am I wrong? We will. Oh, we will see them. And they'll probably get into a heated cereal debate because Patrick Allen, fun fact, knows nothing about cereal. Doesn't know a single thing. He likes bad cereal. And so I'm sure Verderam's going to do his whole New York accent and just roast him. So that should be fun. Look out for that on Thursday. We'll see you guys. Thank you guys so much. We're out of here. Say goodbye 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.